Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. Hello everyone, welcome to Healing the Spirit and welcome to this episode. Thank you for being here and in this episode I will be sharing some of my own contemplations for the coming week of July 31st, 2023. And as always, my invitation is for you to tune inwards and to allow your own inner knowing to come forward. My intention in creating these contemplations is to facilitate a space where at your own time, in your own space, you can listen to me talk about the astrology while also allowing your own knowing to come forward because we are all walking such different paths, right? And yes, we're all humans and um, we are all part of one giant ecosystem and yet we all have different and unique experiences. And so I want you to really honor that and to trust that whatever is coming forward for you as you are listening to this, they're precisely the things that you're supposed to be looking at, right? And to simply dilate or increase your awareness of what is coming forward. And so um, let's begin with a little bit of a rundown for the astrology of the week ahead. On Tuesday, August 1st, we have a full moon in Aquarius. We also have Mars in Virgo trining Jupiter in Taurus and Mercury in Virgo creating an opposition to Saturn in Pisces. And then on Sunday the 8th, the Sun in Leo will square Jupiter in Taurus. And that's basically it, right? It's a pretty uh, quiet week astrologically which are honestly always, um, they always feel better for me, to be honest with you. I feel like quieter astrological weeks give us a lot of space to really digest and to um, integrate whatever has been coming up for us, especially we've been having pretty busy couple weeks. You know, the past couple weeks have been a lot of different astrological shifts, right? So I think this is a really great time to be integrating and to be really um, allowing our lived experience to start talking to us, right? Like sometimes, even though um, planets move, you know, or we have certain astrological shifts that happen during a particular week, we may not even feel the effect of it, or we may not be able to see how it's impacting us until um, a couple weeks later. And so I invite you to tune into that. Maybe there have been some things that have been moving through you in the past couple weeks. Um, and yeah, really giving yourself space to to contemplate what that's been like, how are you doing, and um, taking the opportunity of this relatively quieter week to really tend to yourself. Um, it's also worth noting that the signs that are activated this week are 
um, mostly in fixed signs, right, and mutable signs. And so we have Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, which are fixed signs, and then we have Virgo and Pisces, which are mutable signs. And so it's going to bring forward, or one can also say that this is a great time to be looking at the connection, right, the relationship between the fixed parts of our being, of our lived experience, and the mutable parts of our lived experience. And so I'm going to start with sharing the questions that I would invite us all to contemplate this coming week, right, which are how might changes, instabilities, and shifts show us the core of who we are? And conversely, how might anchoring in the stability and the predictability of rituals, right, that we have practiced, all of us have rituals, right, we are creatures of habit, even if you consider yourself pretty erratic, you have a ritual, how might, how might those rituals facilitate um, your transformation in some shape or form? right? Perhaps there's a way in which having those rituals or anchoring yourself in those rituals assist you in feeling safe to more courageously accept the opportunities for transformation that are showing up in your life. To embrace change is to remember that we have a core to our being, right? That there is something that lies at the core of our being that are unchanging. Because otherwise, we would be too scared, right, to embrace change. We would just kick and scream if we don't believe that there is a part of us that can stay constant. And conversely, again, to honor the core of our being is also to practice releasing our attachment right, to everything else that isn't part of the core. An image that's coming to me with regards to this is a snowball, right? If you have one of those uh, decorative snowballs, no matter how vigorously you shake the snowball, as long as you don't break it, right, you know that the, the snow will continue to settle down, right? Eventually, sooner or later, no matter how fuzzy it gets, in the snowball, eventually the snow will settle and things will get back into some sort of uh, homeostasis, right? And so it is my belief and also part of my practice that the difference between the different signs of astrology, right, such as the difference in elements or the difference in modality, um, is really what makes them unique and what enables them to collaborate with one another, right? In other words, it's really not about a competition, right, between fixedness and mutability, let's say. But rather, um, they're really facets of the same whole, right, or maybe fractals of the animate whole. On a more practical level, this week to me is really about embracing both the changes that have been coming for a while, as well as really celebrating the flexibility that these changes are inviting us to become more aware of, right? Whenever there's a lot of Virgo energy, I'm always reminded of how flexibility and strength are never mutually exclusive, right? How in fact, flexibility is a marker of true strength and strength is a marker of true flexibility, 
It's very often the case that when we allow ourselves to be transformed by life, when we allow ourselves to experience changes that life brings to us, that process is inextricably linked to looking at parts of ourselves, both our strengths and our woundings that kind of lie at the core, right? When we say yes to changes, we are also in a way saying yes to looking at the underlying patterns that have always been there, right? The themes that continue to come back to us and for us. The patterns that we're not really here to transcend within this lifetime because not everything in life is about transcending things, right? Some things are really about um, maintenance and about making friends with the decay of our um, physical form, right? And how that is not evidence of our flawedness necessarily, that there's something wrong with us, but it's actually a feature of our unique aliveness, right? These are the patterns that we're really here to work with. And in working with them, we get to appreciate the depths of our unique experience more and more. The fixed signs can point to what some of these patterns are. Do these patterns constellate around themes regarding significance, being seen as a unique, irreplaceable human whose presence has inherent value? Well, these are Leo themes, right? Do they constellate around belonging, how to find a group of people, a social structure where you're understood and accepted on a deep level, and you don't have to constantly do the hard work of translating yourself to others? These are Aquarian themes. Do they constellate around the needs of your animal body, right? Really honoring that your desire to eat well, your desire to rest well and your desire to experience bodily pleasures, whether that's in the shape of sexual pleasures or sensual pleasures or the pleasures of solitude and spaciousness and everything in between, right? That these desires really are valid and essential, right? These are themes of Taurus. So, one of the ways that I understand fixed science is that, again, these are energetics within our bodies, within our birth chart, within our lived experience, within um, our greater web of life, right, that are really um, constant. They really are incarnational needs. And while each of us, there, there are variations, right, for each of us around how we individually want to meet them or to what extent we need them met, they're also kind of non-negotiable, right? I've, I've personally had to come to terms with the fact that my needs for belonging, right? The Aquarian need for belonging, the Leonine need for recognition, and the Taurian need for physical body nourishment, they don't really go away, right? No matter how many trainings I take, no matter how many spiritual modalities I learn, no matter how much I meditate, no matter how often I go to yoga or therapy, I don't really get to eradicate these needs, right? I still have to eat. I still have to shower every morning, right? And in that sense, they really are fixed, right? I don't think no matter how um, non-attached I become, right? I still need community, 
right? Even if that community looks like communing with the trees, right? No person is an island. And so how, how do the mutable signs come into play here, right? And how might they help us in working with um, the fixed signs, which represent the, the thing that never really goes away, right? The thing that constantly uh, demands our attention, constantly asks us to tend to them. I think this is where astrology, specifically working with transits, right, is really, really cool because we don't just get to experience one kind of energy, we get to experience how that energy, right, entangles and interacts with other energies. So let's talk about Virgo and uh, Pisces separately. To me, Virgo has to do with taking a good look at what what is it that we can materially rearrange in order to assist in our ability to digest, to make sense, and to prepare for possible outcomes that we can foresee, right, or forecast? Virgo is often a sign that is criticized for being overly critical, which is pretty ironic, <laughs> considering that Virgo likes to be critical. Um, Virgo... Uh, gets criticized for being overly analytical or overly detailed, right? But it's really important to understand uh, the deeper underlying awareness that Virgo energy holds, right? Which is this recognition that life on Earth is always shifting, right? That the very definition of being alive, or rather actually being, uh, being on Earth, like the then the point or rather maybe the the sign that you exist right the evidence of your existence is that you're always rearranging right and that rearrangement sometimes happens in really macro level and other times it happens in micro level even in cellular level right like think about um i've been thinking about how incredible it is that beings that we consider dead, right? Like, for example, if you think about um, the corpse of an animal, you know, or maybe flowers that have, uh, or leaves that have fallen to, to the ground, right, that are decomposing now, they're still changing in their forms, right? Even though we don't consider them alive anymore, they don't stay constant either. There's something about our existence, right? The fact that we exist within this plane that we consider reality, that means that things are always changing on a material level, right? And so although Virgo energy can seem very analytical or very critical, there's actually a special kind of courage here, right? Virgo energy can often seem like very careful, or very risk averse, or always trying to calculate, you know, is this the right move or not? But actually, I think it it requires a different kind of courage and bravery to be in Virgo energy, right? It's the courage of looking at something you've spent maybe a lot of time working on, or looking at something or someone that you dearly, truly love, and still being brave enough to look at be honest around where adjustments can still be made, right? 
With Mars and Mercury both being in Virgo this coming week, there's an opportunity here to really align our awareness with our actions, right? Where in your life might you benefit from making actual tweaks? I've spoken about this a couple weeks ago, but um, I think it's really worth posing that question again. And if you've been listening to these contemplations, it might be interesting because as you are listening to me say essentially maybe a similar sentiment, you might find yourself realizing a different facet of it, right? Making tweaks um, doesn't have to be big, right? Sometimes the smallest tweaks are actually the most important ones. Also, Virgo energy, when harnessed with true discernment, which in my opinion always always almost always includes you know a lot of compassion and a deep well of love and respect right um virgo energy can be quite matter of fact it's about looking at what doesn't work here what hasn't been working for some time right how can i rearrange things a little bit so that i can try a different experience i don't know if that experience is going to be better or worse right but how can i give myself space to have a slightly different experience. When making adjustments, we also have a range of choice, right, regarding the energy that we want to approach this change with. We can spend our energy kicking and screaming, right, or we can spend our energy actually just going ahead and making the change. No drama, right? The other day, I was listening to uh, the relationship advice columnist and podcaster uh, Dan Savage talk about how he's, his partner is generally pretty messy and how at some point in their relationship, he realized that it was a lot easier for him to just kind of pick up after his partner and clean, clean up after his partner rather than making a big deal and then fighting about it, right? I think this is Virgo energy at its best, especially Mars and Virgo, because it's about having um, a knowing, right? And having an awareness of what battles are worth fighting for, which ones are better, uh, to just kind of do quietly, right? And and just get it over and done with. Mercury in Virgo is also a relatively new player for us um, that basically Mercury ingressed into Virgo sometime last week. And Mercury will also spend a lot of time in Virgo this year uh, until October 4th. Uh, when Mercury ingress into Libra, to be precise, right? And so um, it's interesting to think about Mercury in Virgo because Mercury is considered in domicile in Virgo, right? Meaning Mercury is able to express its um, nature fully and without a lot of hesitation or obstacles in Virgo. And Mercury is also exalted in Virgo, right? Meaning Mercury gets access to a certain kind of sheen, a certain kind of luminosity. There's a special spotlight on Mercury while it's in Virgo Virgo that attracts attention, right? Um, and so one thing I've been thinking about with Mercury in Virgo is that Mercury in Virgo is Mercury in its nocturnal sign, right? It's Mercury showing its night face in Virgo. Whereas in Gemini, the other sign that Mercury rules, Mercury is in its diurnal sign, or showing its day face, so to speak. Mercury is often associated with being a psychopomp, right? Meaning the intermediary that guides souls 
into the underworld after death. And so this theme around toggling between the above world and the underworld is very present with Mercury in Virgo. Mercury in Virgo possesses a certain kind of purity, but it's also aware that the world we live in is essentially impure. Right, And so that purity, when brought into the material form, will necessarily lose its purity. You know, it will have to interact with other things that are not necessarily pure, right? Uh, there's a dark quality to this awareness. Mercury in Virgo is Mercury that is aware that every baby, every puppy, no matter how cute or innocent, will eventually have to return back to the belly of the earth, right? Every child will eventually move through the passage of death. Nobody gets out of this world alive, right? And so Mercury in Virgo brings an inherent kind of courage, right? An inherent kind of ability to look at realism straight in the face. Mercury in Virgo is very much connected to that uh, Mary Oliver quote that we all love so much, right? Uh, Tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? In fact, I think the whole poem is so great. And it's such a perfect um, embodiment expression of Mercury in Virgo, in my opinion. So, um, I'm going to read the whole poem for you. Okay, let me find a poem. So, this is The Summer Day by the great Mary Oliver. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass. The one who's eating sugar out of my hand who's moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who's gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I mean, it's extremely urgent, right? In its stillness. There's such light at the beginning of the poem. And then looking at that light head on, observing that light gives way to having this courage to look at the profound darkness that we are all here on borrowed time right? That this form of being alive that we have is not going to last forever. So I think Mercury in Virgo this year is really a perfect time to examine your life, to examine yourself, right? How is it going? How is it really going for you right now? How are you doing 
Are there changes that you want to be making? And if so, what's in the way of you making these changes right now? Whose voice is it in your head telling you, nah, just put it off until tomorrow or next week or next month or next year? What are you actually hanging on to when you're not allowing yourself to be shifted by life? Who are you to resist this wave, right, that life brings into your field? ready to transform you at any moment. I think so often transformation feels so scary for us because we like to think that we can be in control of our transformation. We like to think that we can do something to make that transformation happen, right? But I think oftentimes it is about getting out of the way. And so... That's a really important question for this week. In what ways are you getting in your own way? And how can you release your attachment to whatever it is that's keeping you from getting out of your own way? And so that leads me to Pisces. Mercury in Virgo is going to be opposite Saturn in Pisces this week, right? And Pisces is another mutable sign. If Virgo is about rearranging the rearrangement of the material realm, Pisces is about the rearrangement of the non-material realm, right? I mean, of course, we all know that the material and the immaterial right? The, the material and the non-material are all part of the same spectrum, right? Uh, just because something is non-physical doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? Doesn't mean it's not real. Love is not real, right? And yet it's also the only thing that's real. Or rather, love is not tangible or love can't be held with your bodily sense in like a material way, but it's very real, right? Friendship is not something you can touch, but yet it's very real, right? It's not material, yet the immateriality of something doesn't mean it's not real. And so Pisces invites us to also watch the current of the stream, right? To read the patterns of the ocean surfaces of our lives, to read the energy, right? Pisces is not satisfied with a lover saying, I love you, right? Pisces understands that words are just words, but the energy behind a word doesn't lie, right? And so Mercury in Virgo opposing Saturn in Pisces is a reminder that not everything is as it seems. Someone can say all the right words, right? Do all the right things, but their presence and how they are doing them or saying them may tell you otherwise. So this is the time to really trust your own knowing, right? And to uh, verify that, you know, if there's a conversation that you need to have or if there is um, something you need to move away from, you know, here's something to consider, right? What would shift in your reality if you only act from a place of full and resonant yes? What if you let all the maybes on and uh, I'm going to do that later, right? To just fall off from your consciousness. What if you trust that you're supposed to focus on only the full body yes, 
right? And everything else can wait. Everything else will have its own time if it's meant to be for you. Another way I've been thinking about this is, you know, if I have to think about it, maybe I can just let it go for now, you know, and if it's meant for me, it will find its way back. And so trusting that whatever is mutable, whatever is shifting, right, will ultimately serve the purpose of showing you what remains, right, what is fixed. And um, also whatever it is that you can hold on to or that you like to hold on to, right, as a ritual, as a way to make this lived experience a little bit more easeful for you and a little bit more um, comforting to your nervous system, to your body, how can you allow that to be a vehicle for deep transformation? All right, friends, that is it by way of contemplation. Thank you for being here. I hope that that serves you. And as always, if you um, are looking for a reading, if you feel like you're at a moment where your birth chart can, or looking at your birth chart can be nourishing and um, can facilitate you in moving through whatever you're moving through with a little bit more grace and ease. I would love to hold space for you. You can find information to get a birth chart reading with me, or um, you can also get an Akashic reading. I would love to hold space for you. And also, um, if you feel like listening to this podcast has benefited you in some way, shape, or form, I would appreciate your help and this podcast would also appreciate your help in getting the word out there. Uh, I would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, leave five-star ratings, or uh, leave a comment on Spotify. All of that is really, really helpful in um, getting the algorithm to encourage other people who might benefit from listening to these contemplations to um, find this podcast. All right, I'm sending you so much love and um, I hope that you have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.